everybody. Welcome again to the Tradescast, a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. My name is Jeff Bob. And I'm Tom Moss. And this is the Tradescast for the week of November 6th, That's 2016. Correct. 2016. Jeff. Oh, yeah. I was going to tell you, that's not really the year, Tom. The year is AC00000000. <laughs> we'll only now, I. <laughs> I know what that means. Yeah, no one outside of Chicago would know what that means, probably. Um, there is a sign outside of Wrigley Field. Um, it has a, uh, it's kind of a bad uh, Latin translation of Go Cubs. And then this weird date that people didn't know what it was the first year it was up, which was decades ago. And uh, But it means how many years it's been since the Cubs won the uh, their division and how many years since they've uh, won the National League pennant and how many years since they've won the World Series. The last three digits on that one was uh, 108, and now it's 000. Um, and so people in Chicago have gone crazy. But, Tom, it's it's truly a national story, and I want to talk about that for a second because um, we've talked about a, a lot about how fragmented viewership is in, um, in this country, or obviously in the world, but we've talked mostly about this country and how you can't get a large number for anything the way you used to. Um, a successful TV show is getting five, six million people. Um, and we've said often the only thing that still draws people um, into a, what we call a water cooler event where everybody wants to watch it at the same time is sports. Um, but baseball is not one of those sports. The, the numbers have gone down year after year after year. But, Tom, the numbers for this last game uh, in particular were insane. We're talking 40 million plus viewers. Um, do you think this will have any impact on baseball going forward? Do you think it is strictly a Chicago thing? And are you surprised that the number was that high? I am surprised that the number was that high. Um, I think uh, it will bring some Cub fans back into the fold. I mean, some of us that were passive uh, passive fans for the last few years might be more active uh, coming up. Um, you know, Jeff, it's also interesting that uh, that uh, it was such. It, it, you said it's a national story. Um, you know, this is still an artifact of uh, the early cable days, I believe, where there were two super stations in the country, one out of Atlanta and one out of Chicago, and uh, WGN broadcast Cubs games all over the country. And so you had people that were following the Cubs and at least aware of the Cubs. Um, and, uh, you know, expats from Chicago all over the country that were able to keep in touch with the Cubs that, um, that really made it more of a national team, you know, and, and, uh, the, the whole lovable losers thing and the curse and, and, and all of that, I think, made a lot of people, um, perhaps everyone outside of Cleveland sort of rooting for the Cubs. I had a friend that was in New York, uh, last week and, um, actually my brother was in New York last week. And getting a lot of support even from Mets fans, which is, um, you know, a little hard to accept. But, uh, you know, I'll take it. It's amazing. I, I think people often say when the World Cup comes that, uh, you know, both women's and men's World Cup has been, the ratings have been, in America, really amazing. Um, but it has never had a major impact on soccer ratings, at least for American soccer. That'd be like indoor soccer or women's soccer. Women's soccer just can't be financially viable, they keep saying. Um, and um, there is some increase in ratings for people watching European soccer. But it, it, it's never what they think it's going to be. It's like when hockey and um, soccer are in the um, Olympics. Oh, my gosh, everyone's really into it. 
So I have a feeling that this is a one-time thing. A lot of people just showed up, uh, you know, on TV to say, okay, this team won. I know this is a big deal. I'm going to watch even though I don't like baseball. Um, and now everyone can go away. I assume that's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's not like there's going to be 40 million people or 20 million people watching, uh, you know, 140 games next year. But, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's quite something for the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And and just in case you're wondering, if you didn't know, um, it's the most viewers since 1991, which many people consider to be one of the best uh, Game 7 baseball games uh, ever. Um, the It was a remarkable pitching duel. Um, so basically, other than that, you got to go back into the 1980s when baseball really was still kind of king. Um, I mean, baseball had this amazing heyday on TV in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and and people really watch the playoffs in the World Series, and that is just done. Um, so it, it will be interesting, though, to see if the Cubs make it again, and they are favored, they will be favored to win the World Series again, they have the best team, um, if the ratings are even half that. If, you know, if the Cubs fans, of course, are still um, really into it. But I'll tell you something. I went to see a Cubs playoff game in Atlanta when the Braves were winning their division every year, and all you had to do was walk up and buy a ticket because the people in Atlanta quit caring. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's something about winning that makes people say, "Uh, okay, well we've done it before." Um, yeah. spe- speaking of winning, um, there were three kind of hit movies that are at the box office. I just wanted to talk about them for different reasons. Uh, Doctor Strange is doing incredibly well. Uh, both domestically and overseas. And Tom, I got to tell you, this one really surprised me because I think of Doctor Strange as much like Daredevil and a couple of other ones as being second tier superheroes, uh, an unusual superhero that I would not think that people would be into. Do you think that maybe one of the reasons that this movie has done so well, besides being, of course, it's Marvel and, and most of them do well, um, is that the ratings are just, I mean, the reviews are just really, really positive. Meaning that, like, maybe people who don't even normally see a superhero movie might might go on to this one? Uh, yes, I think that certainly helps. Um, I think we've talked often about how uh, stars can't open movies, um, at least not like they used to. But um, I think the fact that they have uh, Benedict Cumberbund as the uh, star of this movie doesn't doesn't hurt. Um, Jeff, I also think, though, that it is, and we've talked about this before, it is the kind of movie, is a genre of movie, um, maybe the only, one of the only genres of movies that is, uh, is reliably successful at the box office um, in this sort of mega hit way. We're going to talk about another movie that's been uh, successful at the box office and, you know, remarkably lower numbers. So it's a matter of where you put the goalposts, I think. Um, but I'm not surprised that this movie did well. Um, I, at some point, I assume we will run out of even second tier, um, superheroes. Is there, is there a third tier? Oh, sure. There's third and fourth tier. It's just yeah. that, you know, if you really want to go that far, I mean, maybe they will, maybe <laughs> will at some point. Um, but I, I mean, I is have... Mr. Mr. Clean going to open a movie? I mean, we're going to have a Mr. Clean movie eventually. Absolutely. Of course, Tom, it's a lot of cleaning emergencies. <laughs> um, this film, this film had, uh, had suffered a little bit of bad press from, um, it's, uh, casting of someone non-Asian in one of the key, um, supporting roles. Um, it doesn't seem to have hurt the film at all. 
Um, so, and again, I don't think uh, casting someone who was Asian um, would have hurt the movie at all. And, I, and I'm hoping that Hollywood starts getting into the idea that um, you can you can cast people who are specific to the character um, uh, as racial makeup. But so far, that's Hollywood is still scared. And that's something they're not going to try when they're spending this much money. So um, the, the new animated movie came out, one I will certainly be going to, Trolls. And again, great reviews. It didn't make as much money as I thought it was going to. Um, it's opening weekend, closer to 45 to $50 million. Um, But um, again, the review is really good. But the, the interesting one to me is uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which is Mel Gibson's movie. And again... I think a lot of people don't like Mel Gibson anymore, but I think we have shown time and again that most people leave their bias at the door um, if they think the movie's interesting. The movie's doing pretty well financially, getting great reviews. Critics don't seem to hold it against the fact that they probably hate Mel Gibson personally, um, and neither do viewers. Does that surprise you? Um, I wonder if enough time has passed that um, you know we can we can look uh, a little bit beyond that. How long has it been since he was in the news for his anti-Semitic comments? Has it been ten years? It's been more than ten years, I think now. And uh, although he still doesn't handle it very well, when people ask him stuff, he basically chastises them and says to move on instead of simply. He ought to have, a, I think, a really good short answer. Like, I know I'm going to keep paying for that, and all I can do is keep trying my best, and I and I am. Something like that. If he says that fifty times, yeah, but he's he's not he's not built that way. So don't get me wrong. I don't I don't have a lot of um, uh, love for the guy, but um, you know it may be enough of the Woody Allen phenomenon that people enough time has passed and and, and he's been relatively quiet about it that um, you know you can go and at least see the the movie for the movie. Um, I don't know. Well, let me let me ask you: Would you go see the movie for the movie? Is there is there an actor or a performer or a director? who you have, quote, you know, internally blacklisted because of your personal feelings about them, not their movies, but them as a human being? That's an interesting question. I, I don't I don't think so. Nothing really comes to mind. I'm trying to separate it out because I'm, I'm not terribly interested in this movie, but I think it's just because it's not the kind of movie that I'm interested in going to see. Uh, I don't... I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. How about you? Um, I remember that movie Powder... Do you remember that movie when it came out? Oh, vaguely. The, the, the guy who uh, made that movie had been um, had been um, jailed for um, uh, sexual abuse, and I decided I would not go see the movie. Um, I know some people wouldn't go see Wolf of Wall Street because they felt like, um, why should they be giving money or celebrating somebody who truly is kind of a villain, a real-life villain, and... Um, but I, I don't think it has really ever caused a problem. I always tell students, listen, hey, if you're not going to go to a movie because you don't like um, a star, director, or writer's personal life, you are not going to see a lot of movies. So um, uh, artists tend to have a lot of problems. Um, so, um, you know, I think I can I can think of a lot of um, uh, musical acts through the years that have been reprehensible in one way or another, and it, for some reason, I think it's easier for people to. Um, dismiss those concerns when it comes to music. Um, movies, TV, maybe seems a little different. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, uh, switching uh, switching gears, this is a, a number that I have talked about a lot. Um, the number is 635, 
And that is a number that has always seemed impossible to reach. That's the number of episodes that Gunsmoke made for television. So we're talking about a, um, a, a uh, scripted primetime TV show running for 20 years um, and having 635 episodes. Well, assuming that nothing happens, um, tr- you know, dramatically or tragically, um, The Simpsons, when it gets through its next two seasons, and it just got renewed for two seasons, it gets renewed two seasons at a time, will pass the Gunsmoke episode record. Now, it won't pass the number of years, because for many years, Gunsmoke was a half hour like The Simpsons, but for the bulk of its run, it was an hour. So they're still out of reach there uh, in terms of number of hours. But can you believe that The Simpsons will have run 30-plus years and actually had the (laughs) most episodes? Is that unbelievable? No, it's not believable at all. I, uh, I mean, I remember when The Simpsons came on. I was twenty-five, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And you know, the first ten years or so, I, I think I watched every episode. Jeff, I haven't watched an episode probably in the last ten or fifteen years. Um, so I, but obviously, I'm, obviously, enough people are watching to um, to merit this renewal. Um, I, there's no reason for that. I don't. I think it's still probably a very qual- you know quality show. It's just not you know i guess i outgrew it or something i don't i don't know um it's pretty remarkable uh i have nothing but respect for that that uh, that crew and um you know maybe it's time to to dip back into it well they i'll tell you they have had the same although there was almost going to be a change with uh, harry shearer but they um they've had the same voice talent for 30 years which is just unbelievable that nothing has just gone wrong you know what i mean in 30 years well, Marsha Marsha Wallace has passed away, but I don't think they replaced her as a smaller character. Yes, and she did, and and they did not replace her. But I'm talking about your key four; they're still the same people, yep. and that just doesn't seem possible. Um, and so, it really, really remarkable stuff that they would as still be able to keep going all this time. Um, and I watched every episode up until maybe four years ago. But I always tell myself, well, I'll go back, I'll watch them, and I just haven't done that yet. But I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Um, just because even though people will say, oh, it's not as good as it used to be or this and that, I still think it's quite quality and incredibly groundbreaking. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get a show, though, just because, uh, I, I mean, there are shows that certainly can keep running and running for a variety of reasons. But that's just so long for something not to go wrong. Uh, so, uh, incredible, incredible number. And I don't think they're going to stop at 30 seasons. I think they, I think they could go to 40. Um, but we'll see one day it will end and it will be very, it'll be very weird. Um, (laughs) so, um, the, um, uh, the election is coming up. Um, Bill Maher, I just wanted to mention this quickly, finally got his long coveted interview with Barack Obama. Were you surprised that Obama finally went on Bill Maher's show before the... Um, I thought he would go on after the election, but that's how much, I can guarantee you, that's how much he he wants this election to go toward Hillary Clinton, that he'll he's going to every avenue that there is. I'm hearing him on at any show. He's going. No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I, you know, he has... Um you know, nothing left to prove and nothing at all to lose. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's great. And frankly, anything he can do to persuade anyone at this point, I welcome. (laughs) 
Is that your endorsement? <laughs> That's your endorsement for I guess yeah, sure. Let me just let me just let me just display my bias, uh, you know, overtly. <laughs> I I'm expecting that we'll see um I mean, I don't know how they gauge the numbers of people watching the election returns. But given what we've seen uh, in these debates and the fervor that's happening, don't you imagine that we're going to be seeing a kind of, um, again, much more than a water cooler event, but a kind of um, just galvanizing around the TV, so to speak, um, on Tuesday like we've never seen? Without a doubt. And, and uh, you know, Jeff, not just the 400 million people, however many we have now in, in the U.S., but around the world, I think people are going to be staying up or waking up early to... Uh, to to watch this, I mean, it is it is um, it is a galvanizing event, as you said. It's um, it's something that everyone's quite concerned about, obviously. We end with some some more pleasant or less uh, <laughs> less polarizing news, which is yeah. Um, yeah. which is Hamilton. Um, you know, Hamilton has been a sensation in the way that no one has um, still really got their hands around. Uh, it, it's still a massive, hard, hard to get ticket in. Um, in New York, in Chicago, it is doing the same kind of uh, crazy business. It's coming to L.A., and I imagine it's going to be similar. Um, and it's it's just a phenomenon. But I was interested to note that in terms of the actual album sales, it, it still isn't a top ten all-time soundtrack, um, at least domestically, where, of course, it, it wouldn't surprise you to know that Phantom of the Opera is number one and Les Mis is number two. But it's still pretty far back. I don't think it's even reached a million sales. But they are going to make a, a what they're calling a mixtape, you know, with some popular acts doing the songs. Do you think that maybe the reason that could be a big seller, even bigger than the soundtrack, is because of the type of show that this is? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it'll be huge. Uh, does it surprise you, though, that the Hamilton, um, the original Hamilton soundtrack is not as big a seller, given all the fervor about this show. I would like to know more about how it's doing with, uh, with streaming. Um, you know, I listen to it constantly on Spotify. Uh, I think it, it skews to a much younger audience, uh, that, um, that, that may be getting their albums, their music, uh, by other means, um, nefarious and otherwise. So, you know, who's going to, um, to Target and and Walmart and buying the album. I mean, is that what we're talking about in terms of record sales? And I, I'm not surprised that that's relatively relatively low. I think you might be right that a lot of people might be getting it from quote other means, and maybe that's uh, maybe that's the case. I don't even think that the Hamilton Group would even care so much. Um, but I do. I, I am interested, and we will check back on the album sales for this one. Uh, and speaking of music, just one other little music note. Garth Brooks, who's basically the Beatles of country music, um, his album sales are pretty much number one all time, has finally, he has, he has stopped, I mean, or never embraced the streaming service world. One of the few major, major artists that has said he wouldn't do it, has finally agreed. And with all people, it's Amazon Music. Does that surprise you that he chose Amazon Music? I assume the devil's in the details, but what kind of deal that he got? Yeah, but, I, um, I guess so too. You know? It's really funny. I mean, do you think this is one of those? Like, I, I guess the reason it's interesting to me is that Amazon likes to make a splash, and they don't. Um, and Amazon Music, though, I always think it was not one of those that we think about. You know, when we think about Amazon, that's like down the road. Don't I mean? I never think of their music services being something major for them. 
You know, I, I agree, but it's it's uh, it's um, you know, it's clear that he didn't go with this with a streaming service. So you're still not going to find him on Spotify or Tidal. Um, so really, the choices were what Amazon and iTunes, uh, Apple at this point. Um, Google Music is that even a thing anymore? Right. I I think you're right there, and I think that he was very careful with his choice. It's just that it doesn't surprise me at the end of the day when you think about Amazon because when they make a special move, they want people to know about it. And he's got a couple of uh, albums coming up, and now that he's kind of quote back, I assume the sales are going to be enormous. He is still somebody who really draws. So, you know, good for Amazon to. Um, I, I like the choices they make. They rarely make a mistake. And so I can see how they may have thought this would be a high-profile thing for them, for their music. So, um, well, like we said, uh, the the latest movies to come out are getting really good reviews. So we should be there now, Tom. We should be finally in what we call the, the uh, cream of the crop season uh, going into the holidays where the movies have more and more good reviews. So we'll be checking into those, seeing what people are talking about. We got to start talking about Oscar buzz because it is—I can't believe it, Tom. It's already that time to <laughs> start talking Oscar buzz. So we'll be looking at that. We'll be looking at the first half of the regular season winners for TV shows and everything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great day.